contigo me voy mi santo, aunque me cueste morir, no, tú me quieres dejar, yo no quiero sufrir, contigo me voy mi santo, aunque me cueste We do that in reverence to all, all, of, all of our ancestors and all of us who have shed tears over all of these past years. Yes, for the tears, for the cleansing, for the rejuvenation. My name is Roberto Martinez. I'm a member of the Chapa Support Committee. Um, yeah, we do many things, um, but we just recently organized this Comparte, our fourth annual Comparte. I was previously part of the Arts and Culture Committee, and um, I'm a part of the board now. So I got involved with the Chepa Support Committee, um, officially, I suppose, um, working with Comparte. Um, I've, I've had experience in the past organizing uh, cultural events, um, both, you know, grassroots, but also in museums. And um, part of my work is that, right? It's, it's organizing uh, exhibitions, but also, you know, hanging shows. And so quite naturally, you know, uh, that's kind of, you know, the, the work I gravitated to in terms uh, of the Chapa Support Committee. So I was happy to help out. Um, and this is the third year I've been helping out and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here. Well, comparte literally means share, right? to compartir, comparte, but it's a plain word, right? Art, a compa, which is, how would you translate it in English? A friend or a comrade, right? A, a fellow human being, compa. Um, and then arte, which is art, together it, mean, uh, it, it means to share. Um, it's just a clever play in words uh, that the Zapatistas are really known for, um, something that, you know, they're really poetic, and that's kind of what I fell in love with, you know, the first time I, I read about the Zapatistas, uh, sort of their poetry and their poetic perspective on the world. Comparte is a perfect example of that. Zapatismo has been influential in my life um, in terms of, 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 my, of course, my own identity, just because, you know, my roots come from Chiapas, uh, and so... You know, I feel a, a connection to, to the Zapatistas in that way. But also, um, in a way to understand the world, right? Um, you know, going to college, just growing up, right? There's a lot of questions that go unanswered, both in, you know, with your identity, but also about the world, right? About capitalism, you know, you, you, you see the ills of capitalism, you know, working its way through the community through the society and it's hard to to put words to that right to put words to the consequences of capitalism but also solutions right we don't have solutions i don't have solutions but i think what the zapatistas you know did to you know to my perspective of, of approaching this problem is to to just kind of do it right like um like we don't have the answers right but we're gonna do it and if we fail you know we learn from it right um and i think that's that's you know one of the things I take from Zapatismo. Like we're, we're walking, right? We're walking and asking questions, and we're learning from 
from ourselves, but also from the community. Um, but always moving forward, right? Regardless of, of having those answers. Um, but yeah, Zapatismo has really widened my eyes to, to the possibilities of a, of a better world, of a, of a world where, where we all fit, right? In a world where um, this hydra of capitalism is, is gone, right? It's dead. And so, and so it, it's inspired me to continue in this struggle um, and definitely has given me a perspective, vocabulary to talk about it. What's Zapatista revolution look like in the United States? For you, <laughs> that's a question, right? Um, I don't know. It's it's an everyday thing, right? It's an everyday thing. It's 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 a love for your community. It's a love for yourself. It's it's um, it's living life um, with those values in mind, right? With perhaps not the Zapatista values, but the you know the values you hold true to yourself and for your community, and really upholding those values in everything you do in your work, um, in the community organizing, if you do any, um, in your family structures. Um, but yeah, it's 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 living, I suppose, right? As I think you said in on stage earlier today, it's it's living, it's it's living life, right? And and making space for, for everyone in this world to live that life. Dar una copia de amor a mi América Luz Adorar su verdor vegetal y hostil como selva del sur Admirar el bongo también al dulzón que me haga sentir En el corte mortal, esta floral, vegetal, terrenal, pulmonar, vegetal, la selva en acción, reclamando atención que nos haga sentir la alegría y la tristeza. Su 
Muchas gracias. My name is Lisa Maria Castellanos. I live here in Oakland, California. I'm a second generation Chicana. And my work as a, <clears throat> as a cultural worker, producer, I, um, I, my medium is screen printing. I also embroider and textile work. Um, I focus on teaching others um, basic, the basic skills in those mediums as a way and means to express ideas, experiences, um, and um, I get a lot of joy out of that. Um, yes, the, the year um, my son, my second child was born <clears throat> the year before, and I, I remember um, I was a college student, a uh, single mother with two children, um, when I heard uh, that uh, the levantamiento had happened, there wasn't a lot of news coming to the U.S. about what that meant, but I knew it was important. <laughs> I knew it was a big deal. Um, as a daughter of Mexican immigrants and migrants, I think uh, the like just struggle and um, concern for others has just always been inculcated in us because um, of the history of my family and their migration story and um, the way that it has impacted me, it has, um, um, I think, <clears throat> for myself, helped, given me tools to continue to imagine and to continue to build um, outside of the paradigms of what we think um, the way things need to be done in this country. Um, I continue to learn and get inspired. Um, last year, I participated in the Primer uh, Encuentro de Mujeres que Luchan, um, and that just even kind of deepened my, my own um, ongoing study and understanding of what is happening to um, in this country and the, um, the wonderful opportunity to see glimpses of what the Zapatistas have been able to create and build um, autonomously for their own self-determination and how they have <clears throat> that they have done it in a way that is um, slow but sure um, I think in this country we want things to happen quickly we want campaigns we want legislation we want and we don't take the time to um, dedicate ourselves to a process that makes sense to the people that are here, to the places where we live, and even to the time and the context. And so there's, um, those are just some of the things that I've been reflecting on, and since, especially since my participation in the Encuentro last year. What would a Zapatista revolution look like here in the United States? Oh, I think it would look very much outside of the nonprofit industrial complex. I think it would be very autonomous. Um, autogestión, people just creating and experimenting what it what it means to just do something um, outside without permission <laughs> um, and without asking forgiveness to do things that um, simultaneously take down the bad but build up the good um, so that we can live good, live well, um, have a buen vivir now as much as possible while we continue to struggle and fight. This poem is for all Refugees, people without homeland, uh, uh, searching for their home and looking forward to go back home uh, for the Syrian refugees that are still displaced. 
for the Palestinian refugees, for all, uh, everybody without a home looking for their homes. This poem is called Promises, Promises, Promises. I was not given any promises of a land. I was not one of the chosen people. I did not part the sea and cross the desert to be here. I was born here. I do not have declarations on my behalf. I do not have a tragedy in my history. I do not have friends. I was born here. I have a town with a name you changed. I have a tree my ancestor planted and you uprooted. I have a rusted key for a house in a, in a village you demolished. I was born here. I inherited the color of this land. I breathed the air of this land. I drank the water of this land. I was born here. I am a wild flower grown between rocks. I am a stone embedded in these ancient sidewalks. I am a letter engraved in an old tombstone. I was born here. I do not have declarations. I do not have promises. I do not need to be chosen. I do not need to part the sea. I do not need to cross the desert. I was born here. I live here. I am here and I will die here. Thank you. My name is Mo Sati. Uh, I'm Palestinian. I was born in Palestine um, in 1962. In 1967, uh, we were um, forced to leave our village to go to a refugee camp in Jordan. Uh, lived in Jordan for about 25 years. Um, before we were in the village in uh, the West Bank, Palestine, my family was uh, in the northern part of uh, Palestine in a town called uh, Bisan. Uh, so th basically we got uh, forced twice into, uh, from, our, from our villages. Um, so I grew up in the refugee camp. Um, it is a small, uh, started small, uh, small families, and then start to expand in terms of population, but not in terms of uh, in terms not in terms of uh, uh, square uh, square meter. So the families expanded. Uh, so it started to become crowded. Uh, sanitation was not uh, that great then. Um, they did not have electricity until late. Water was uh, harvested from uh, from the outside of the camp until later on, like in the 70s or late 70s, until everything started to become infrastructure. Like sewer was not there until like the 80s. So it was like really rough uh, setup, rough uh, situation in the camp to to grow up in in terms of like the housing, the winter, the cold, the summer. So all of these uh, influenced my upbringing to, uh, to see other 
circumstances around the world, all the refugees around the world, and what they go through in terms of like the uh, living conditions. Um, I th I th in, in the poem that I read, it's called Promises, and it is about the people who were uh, who who were born in that land, and uh, some of the lines saying, "I inherited the color of this land, I drank the water of this land, I uh, I breathed the air of this land." So this is speaks to to basically my story of like or the story of every person that was born in their homeland and they were they were forced out of their homeland and uh, uh, f until uh, Palestinians still cannot go back those refugees the indigenous who were born there like my mother like my father my grandmother they cannot go back to their to their homeland so that that uh, yearning that whole uh, desire to go back for for the indigenous people or for the people of the land it is it is uh, there is so much connection between the indigenous people around the world uh, their stories the the uh, what they go through and then when the occupation power comes and drop them uproot them of their, from their homeland. So that's, that's relevant to what I see in this movement, what I saw in these uh, rituals. It is all connected. We all have connection. We all feel it. It is like a heartbeat once you hear that story. It's, it connects you uh, instantly. Okay, the last question is, um, what would um, a human rights revolution look like to you in the U.S.? Um, when, when, like walking anywhere d down the street, whether it is in Oakland or San Francisco or any other place around, uh, the minorities, uh, uh, the uh, minorities' rights are totally stripped. They they do not have the same equity to the rest of the of. The the majority of the of the people that are controlling the either the land or the city or the homelessness, uh, you see all of that, and the, just seeing the homelessness, for example, just uh, that's a epitome of like lack of human rights and uh, just to be ignored of like living the living the basic conditions to to have the, the just a dwelling or a home or a, a shack that that is like really kind of resonate with with everybody's experience whether they are you know uh, homeless or minority or immigrants or refugees so we all have that that whole same story so it would be like there would be no homeless and there would be no homelandless Yes, perfectly put. Thank you. I'm putting together my first book of poetry, and um, it'll be one of the poems in my book. All right, it's called Brown, Black, Red Body. When I got my brown, black, red body, it came with a story that I was the last to hear. Your words don't sting my pride, but they dampen the view. Terrorists pointing the finger at those with empty hands and brown skin. 
write genocidal manifestos and carry them out, making others cower at the sight of tattoos and rags and the rich in numbers and power and papers, pointing the finger at the paperless and numberless, sending their children to the streets for tattoos and rags, but we won't go, say we won't go. Work harder, do more, but when will I sleep? Do better, help yourself, but will you get mad when I succeed? Judge my lateness, but count your failures. Judge my grammar, but where are your manners? Why do I hide from the world? Because people make my heart sad. Driving like some minutes are worth more than a life. Minutes you spend watching TV, and I judge you while you judge me. Her hard heart scares me. His lack of heart terrifies me. Terrifies me, disgusts me, saddens me. And now I know why there were death camps and relocations and reculturization, genocide and kidnapped children kept in cages. Did I say where? I mean are. People in cages for being cruel, others in cages for being hungry, others in cages for being sad and alone, others in cages for being brown, black, red. But the people who caged them roam free, having done much worse and for worse reasons, when will they pay their dues? Now they call relocation gentrification and people are deported from their homeland. Reculturization is called education, and when you're hungry, you don't care about reading. My ancestors were abused and enslaved and maimed, raped and murdered and brainwashed. You call it a mission, a discovery, progress. My brown, black, red self calls it terrorism. But now we can be friends, I guess, after you burned my feet and they regrew. You cut out my tongue, but I replaced it. You buried my ancestors, scattered their bones, scattered their art, burned their books, watered the ground with their tears. But look what grew out of that mound. Those who buried keep burying, and those who were enslaved remain trapped. Keep passing around your outdated history. Despite you, I dug deeper. While you cry for property values, I cry to God for justice. And while you argue for the middle class, I will love the hungry, the sad, the unloved. You can point the finger at those who sell their bodies, but what if we pointed at you for selling your soul? You rape and call it molesting. You molest and blame the victim. You condemn heresy and sex, but who is blaspheming and molesting? Putting words in God's mouth, teaching tradition over truth. You preach to the poor, but let their oppressors take a shortcut to the bottom. Nice show, but your friends are showing. So we know whose side you're on, but we don't know where you're going. So my hands write the words, and some will see what is written in the spaces in between. I paint the love we never had, hoping to bring it to creation. Let's make things that never existed. And if I pointed my finger at you, would you look at yourself? Or laugh, or get mad, or call me crazy? So I point into the mirror, see a neat, ordered disaster, beautiful chaos, and I see the world. Everyone does their best. The details are ugly, but creation is beautiful. And we all make bad choices, and I still love you. Thank you. Hey, my name is Elizabeth Jimenez Montelongo, and um, I'm an artist, a visual artist. Um, I paint. Um, I paint on wood. I paint on canvas, and I am also um, a poet and a teacher. So, um, actually, really inspired by the Zapatistas. Um, I learned about um, Zapatistas just within the last few years of my life. Um, spent most of my life not knowing that um, they existed. Um, and I read a book about how this, um, you know, how everything came about, and I was really inspired by the fact that, um, you know, that they 
really determined to um, to like govern themselves and how they managed to do that with like just the resources they had, which weren't even much, um, and how like people can come together and just create change like that for their communities. Um, so that was really, really inspiring for me. So what does the revolution look like in the United States for you? What would, what would that look like? Well, that'd be, um, it's hard for me to imagine, but I would hope that it would be something like, like peaceful where there's not um, like violence involved. I know in, in a lot of cases um, there, there's had to be violence for change to occur, but I'm really anti-violence, so I would hope that it can be like peaceful and done through, um, you know, through people coming together and working together and, you know, trying to like understand each other, get to know each other and, um, you know, like changing laws and policies that are affecting people so that so that everyone can have what they need and everyone can, um, yeah, just have what they need and like live in peace and like really have like real freedom and real liberties. So when I look at your paintings like that are right here behind us, I see a revolution there, right? Because of the way, you, for example, the way you have a, a, a feminine image within the mazorca, how do you call it, the mazorca or the maiz? So can, to me, that's, that's a revolution. Um, <laughs> I didn't see it that way, but that's interesting um, to me. But I do keep in mind when I paint, um, like, images of, like, women with their children or, like, families. Um, or sometimes I've painted, um, like, couples. Just, like, that love and connection. And it can be within, like, family or friends or community. But I think, like, that connection and love, like, that's the basis of any like change and revolution um whatever degree because like the things that really matter to us i think are like to most people are are like you know our families and our friends and our communities like the people we love like without that like nothing else really matters like no like money or power or anything like comes close to um to like just the beauty and fulfillment you can get from from like love and connections well, just Saludos to the Zapatistas and thank you for their, you know, for their inspiration and um, and to my community for the last um, like more than a decade in San Jose, Santa Clara County, and um, now here in like Oakland and Berkeley, people I've started to meet. Um, thank, thanks for you know being part of the community that I, I experienced it. Um, my name is Marianne Tenuto Sanchez and. I work with the Chapa Support Committee. I'm a mother, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother, and I also work uh, with the Omni Commons. The Zapatistas have basically been my life for about the last 25 years. Um, I do a lot of work in support of them because I spent a lot of time in the communities and learned about an alternative way of life with a different set of cultural political values. And um, that inspires me to donate my time and my energy in support of them, because I want more people to know about that. Um, actually, my favorite thing was um, one time when the Zapatistas were holding um, preliminary meetings to the announcement of the Sixth Declaration and the implementation of the other campaign. Uh, we also, on the same weekend, inaugurated the um, 
bodega or the warehouse for the municipality or municipio of San Manuel. And it was a huge celebration. Um, there was music. Um, the religious authorities blessed the warehouse and the warehouse included a big truck, a big two-ton truck. And they blessed the truck and decorated it with palms palm fronds and balloons and then all the religious authorities were like doing incense and stuff you know um yeah and we all made speeches and then we danced all night long <laughs> what would a sapadista revolution look like in the u.s to you what would it look like um <clears throat> it would look that's a good question what it would look like is that people got rid of their individualism and practiced collectivism, and they didn't do things for profit. They did, you based your economy on necessity, um, what you needed, and like what you need, the money you need to make is only what you need. It's, it's not in excess of that. Like, you don't cut down a tree that you don't need um, just to make a piece of furniture or something decorative. You only cut it down if like your house burns down or gets destroyed and you have to have a house to live in. It, so it would be kind to the environment and um, the, the values by which you operated and governed yourself would not be capitalist values. They would be collective and um, directly democratic, not the way we have it in the United States with representative democracy, but with a direct democracy and a sense of community. Um, you would do things, you would work for your community because it was a part of you.